on the banks of the Rappahannock River on the campus of St. Margaret's School in Tappahannock, Virginia. I am Autumn Courtney, and this is the Daily Thistle for Thursday, March 24th, 2022. Graduation countdown is at 71 days. On the river today, the sun rises at 7.05 a.m. and sets at 7.23 p.m. It will be a waning gibbous moon with 64% of the moon being visible. High tide will be at 7.05 a.m. The next low tide is at 2.14 p.m. and high tide returns at 7.28 p.m. Winds will come from the river from the south at 10 to 15 knots, diminishing to 5 to 10 knots in the afternoon. Waves at 1 to 2 feet, diminishing to less than 1 foot and light chop in the afternoon. In weather today, scattered thunderstorms in the morning, followed by occasional showers in the afternoon. There will be a high of 68 degrees and winds will be south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain is at 70%. For a senior at St. Margaret's, a rite of passage and graduation requirement is the successful delivery of a senior speech. Yesterday, Gianna Fischetti kicked off the speeches. The Daily Thistle was there, and from the chapel at St. Margaret's School, here is Gianna Fischetti. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to my senior speech. To start off, I would like to give a slight trigger warning. I will be talking about body image in the dance world, so there will be mentions of body dysmorphia, discomfort in your own body, and eating disorders. So if you need to leave the room, I would recommend you do so now. Now, dance in the world is great for society. Its artistry is beyond compare with movement, creativity, and passion. Physical, emotional, psychological, and social connection brings together dancers, its choreographers, and even the audience. Its impact on society is beyond compare, but it's not always the most positive. I would like all of you to think to yourselves and picture a dancer in your mind. What do they look like? I can guarantee that almost all of you are picturing the ideal image of what a dancer should look like. Some of those criteria would be having a small head, a long neck, long arms and legs, a small waist and a small rib cage, and probably the most evident would be being very, very thin. This criteria was brought on by a man named George Balanchine. Now, George Balanchine is a revolutionary in the world of ballet. He is one of the co-founders of the New York City Ballet and is probably one of the most influential choreographers of all time. So his impact is very, very huge. However, all of his impacts were not for the best of the world. He wanted his dancers to be so thin that you could see their ribs and their bones. With this, it promoted eating disorders such as bulimia and anorexia. So many women who strive to work for him had to go through these struggles in order to work for him. This is a reoccurring issue that is even brought into today's society when it comes to dancers. And there are many environmental factors that uphold his ideals. One of these would be wearing tight clothing. Now tight clothing has a lot of benefits. It allows for the dancer and the choreographers to see lines and perfect body placement. However, there are also a lot of issues with that as well. With this, you're able to compare yourself with others more often and nitpick at your own body. For the same reasons, mirrors are also an issue. Dancers spend hours every single day looking at themselves through a mirror. That is very detrimental to your mental health and your self-image of your own self, as well as comparing yourself to others. People tend to compare body type with skill level as well. 
people think if you have a certain body type, whether you have a dancer's body or not, that your skill level is determined by that. These two factors do not compare at all whatsoever. And instead, this is an example of how it's instilled in the system and is deeply rooted and is very hard to undo, but many people are striving for change. One of the most influential ballerinas of our time is Misty Copeland, and she is one of these advocates for change. As she was growing up, many people told her that George Balanchine would have loved her. She had the body exactly as how he wanted. So as she grew up and her career started, she went to a very, very big ballet company. And in this company, she experienced her first injury. When she went to the doctor for the injury, the doctor gave her a pill to make her start her period and her bones would be stronger because of it. Now, because she started her period, her body began to change. She became curvier and her body type caused her to hate on her body more. Her body dysmorphia became so bad that it harmed her mental health. Her own company even told her that she needed to lose weight. And no matter how much weight she lost, her body didn't change, so nothing helped. As time went on and she matured more, she was able to understand that loving her body was more important than conforming to the stereotypes that she needed to be. People like her are advocates for change and are little by little making changes, and more and more styles are becoming to celebrate differences in body image. Changing ideals in one of the strictest communities such as dance when it comes to body image is huge for society. We are all beautiful and capable of anything, regardless. We can't change how we are made, but we can all change our mindsets. So I want all of you, once again, to think to yourselves, what does a dancer look like? I want all of you to change those ideals in your brain and that each and every dancer can look like one of us. We are all equally beautiful and capable. Thank you. In news from the BBC. BBC News with Fiona MacDonald. President Biden is in Brussels for an emergency meeting of NATO and a G7 summit to discuss Ukraine as the Russian invasion enters its second month. NATO is expected to agree on to deploying additional troops to Eastern Europe. The G7 gathering will coordinate the enforcement of wide-ranging sanctions announced against Russia in recent weeks. In the latest fighting, parts of Kiev have become under continued Russian bombardment. A Russian news outlet said one of its reporters died when a residential neighbourhood was hit. The head of the United Nations nuclear watchdog, the IAEA, has repeated the urgent need to send experts and equipment to Ukraine to ensure the safety of its nuclear facilities. Rafael Grossi said he remained gravely concerned. In other news, the first woman to become US Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, has died. She was 84. She travelled to the United States as a refugee from Czechoslovakia in the 1940s. President Biden described her as a force for goodness, grace, decency and freedom. Nicaragua's ambassador to the Organization of American States has resigned after describing the government of President Daniel Ortega as a dictatorship. Arturo McField said he could no longer defend the indefensible. The International Committee of the Red Cross says a surge in violence in Colombia is worsening humanitarian conditions for thousands of people. Dissident FARC rebels and those of the National Liberation Army have been fighting for control of the drug trafficking trade since the government signed a peace deal six years ago. 
and it's been revealed that the ex-wife of the Amazon founder Jeff Bezos has donated more than a billion dollars to charity in the past week. Mackenzie Scott gave much of the money to an abortion rights group and an affordable housing organisation. BBC News. Who knows how long this will last? Now we've come so far, so fast. But somewhere back there in the dust, that same small town in each of us. I need to remember this. So baby, give me just one kiss. Let me take a long last look. Remember, you're listening to the nation's only independent school news feed from the banks of the Rappahannock River on the campus of St. Margaret's School in Tappahannock, Virginia. I am Autumn Courtney, and this was your Daily Thistle. As you grow in age, may you grow in grace.